Second Chronicles chapter 29, mark that place for just a minute, and I want to read one verse if I can. In the New Testament in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and I want to skip down to the 24th verse. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Going back to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 29. And I want to read down into the... Begin reading the third verse. Talking about Hezekiah. He, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of God and repaired them. This morning, I want you to think about the sound of worship. What does worship sound like? The sound of worship. Now, if you can imagine a minute, an abandoned building, not only abandoned because the people have left, but abandoned because they've been locked out. Abandoned because that their means and their places by which they can go had been shut up and they were not able to do that. So Hezekiah is going to lead the people of Israel in a great revival. And I want you to listen. I want to read that third verse to you again because this is the very beginning of a great revival. Listen to what he said. In the first year of his reign. That's pretty fast. But then he goes on to say, in the first month, open the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. One of the things that I love about Hezekiah is that when he took over and he became in charge, the number one priority and concern that he had was spiritual matters. Folks, I would pray and I long today for human beings that they would care more for their spiritual being than they do their well-being. I believe this day it is important for you to take care of your well-being. You must take care of your physical health. I believe in that. You died and exercise and just living right. I believe you've got to take care of your emotional health. I believe we've got to take care of our financial health. And we've got to be wise stewards in the things that we do. When we talk about all the things that we must care of, is there any time or any place in our life that we should say it's important to take care of our spiritual lives? And I'm going to go ahead and give you this preacher's conviction, folks. The most important thing we can worry about is our spiritual state. But what happened was is that the doors had been closed and the sound of worship was gone. In, in order for the sound of worship to be able to be reintroduced back into the communities, reintroduced back in to the people's lives, was Hezekiah had to open the doors. I believe that there was a stirring in the midst of God's people and I believe today we still are in a great need of these, these stirring that we have. For Hezekiah was 25 years old. Let's go back and read verse 1. And he reigned, I believe it was 29 years. He began to reign when he was 5 and 20 years old and he reigned 9 and 20 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that was, was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had 
done. Now, you can go back into the 28th chapter. You don't have to go back and read it in its fullness. But under the former king Ahaz, all these things had been, the doors had been nailed shut, or fastened shut, you might even say. And it was, it was forbidden that the people would be allowed to come in, and they were told that they cannot worship. Let me ask you something today. Have you ever had a hindrance to having some form of worship? I had to look it up. I, I wondered, what does it mean to worship? Worship to me, trying to define worship is almost like trying to define love. There's different degrees of it. There's different manifestations of it. What is worship? And if you had to, to answer that question this morning, what would you consider worship? And all I could ever get down to was, you're declaring how true and genuine and great that someone is or something is. Folks, today, do you believe that God is worthy of our worship? Do you believe in that? Do you believe that our salvation experience is worthy to worship God for what he has done? Not only do we, is it, does it mean to adore or to have a respect for someone, but it means something. Folks, if you have been saved this morning, we have something today that we have a sweet sound of worship. Sometimes it's way too quiet. It's way too silent. It's, it's almost like we don't want to interfere with people and, and tell them what God's done. Folks, my prayer is that God would fill us up to a point that we cannot keep silent, that we must tell others about what God has done. Here we see in this revival is that the, 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 the house, uh, go back to the 28th chapter, and I believe it's in the 24th verse. And they has gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the houses of the vessels of God and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem. So in other words, he was, he was going other places that he, he was not intended to go. And he wanted them, Hezekiah wanted this place to be restored. Well, in the 29th chapter, we're going to read about the condition that the people had gotten in. And it says, and he did that which was in the second verse. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He was in the first year of his reign in the first month. How long of a delay did Hezekiah have in wanting to restore matters? Here we are. Let's, let's turn the calendars and we've hit to the fall of the year. Traditionally, we have revival in, in June and uh Usually about the third week of June, we'll have a series of a meeting and we'll have a revival meeting. So what happens? Here we are in the fall of the year in October and June's a long way off. Can God give us a stirring right now? Absolutely. Do we need that stirring right now? There needs to be a great a spiritual awakening, not just here, but folks around the country and around the globe. A great sense that we might be able to hear the sound of worship again. A sound that, that, that we adore Him. You know, you think about what you hear. You think about what transpires in a service. And we see here that the very first thing He did was open the doors. And notice what He did in the fourth verse. And He brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the East Street. So there's two things that were needed in worship. They needed the place. They needed people. You and I today, we can do something that other beings cannot do. Animals. They could follow after God, but they couldn't talk. 
trees, they can show the beauty of God and they, they change their colors and they can show the beauty of God, but they cannot talk. The stars, as majestic as they are, how far away that they may be and some of them how bright they are and some of them how, how amazing that they are, even those things cannot talk. You and I have the privilege that we can sing and talk of the goodness of God. Do you have anything to talk about this morning? Has anybody got anything that we can say how good God is to us? How God has provided for us? Hezekiah said, you can have all the physical prosperity you want in your life. He said, but the first thing and the most important thing, he said, we need to be able to restore and we need to be able to get back, he said, uh, the, the, the house of the Lord. He said, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. This morning, I, I pray that we would see that it's important for us to open the doors of the Lord's church. So he goes on, and let me read, if I can, for just a minute. The fifth verse in Second Chronicles chapter 29. And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify yourselves. Now when he talks about it, he says, You need to, to consecrate yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord of your fathers. And carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Filthiness is rubbish or things that are not needed. Folks, we have to remember that, that we think that some things in our life are necessary, but they're not. They're, they're, they're what is called filthiness there. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him. They have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. They have shut up the doors of the porch. We're going to talk about the doors of the porch and the doors in just a minute. And they put on the lamps and they put out the lamps and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto God of Israel. So listen, can you, can you see this morning the sweet sound of worship was gone? There was no sweet aroma. There was no light that was burning. There was no songs being sung. Everything was dark. Everything was dim. Everything was boarded up. And here's the thing. If the people really wanted in, could they have gotten in? Hezekiah, in the very first item of business, if you'll let me say that, very first item of business was, we need to open up the place of God, and God needs to be first and foremost in our lives. Folks, that message is not changing today. Your relationship with God is more important than anything else else. Now I'm not saying that there's nothing else more important. I'm not declaring that your health is not important and jobs are not important and schools are not important. But do not let the world teach you that there are those things more important. For the most important thing in your life is your spiritual relationship with God. Where do you stand this morning? And Hezekiah come in, he said, we need to get our priorities right. We need to get things together. I understand all these other things are important. But he said, we need to make things, the most important thing is that we might be able to worship him and declare the things that he has given us. You see, our entire life is about worship. Our entire life, from this day forward, is the rest of our life. Maybe we should word it like that. For the rest of your life, are we going to worship him? Is there a sound of worship in our life, or are we going to walk around silent? Folks, and I ask the question, do you have anything to worship and praise and, and to thank Him for? Every one of us ought to stand up and be able to say, thank you, Lord, and you can fill Him in the blank for so many things. God is good to us. 
God has blessed us and God has given us His only begotten Son, Jesus. He has blessed us with the church. He has blessed us with wonderful people in our life. And we get to enjoy these wonderful things. But it's all because of God and what He has provided for us. For it says He, talking about Hezekiah, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of God and repaired them. It is not shy and it's not uh, uh, confusing the fact that we're told to worship God. We are told to speak. We're told to say the things that are important. For in the first year of his reign, in the first month. I believe it speaks a lot about the character of God's people. Here in particular we're talking about Hezekiah. Does it tell you a lot about a man that his most important thing is spiritual matters? Have you ever been around a person that spiritual matters are the most important thing to them? Now, what about people that spiritual matters are important, they're just not the most important thing? Came across something today and it was just kind of struck with me that if, if, if we can think that, uh, that, that God is negotiable, then we can't be surprised when all these other things are negotiable. Folks, worshiping and praising God is really not negotiable. We should be willing and desiring to praise and adore His holy name for what He's done. I pray that that's not something that, that, that we think is secondary. But I hope that everybody around us sees and they understand and they know that our desire is to worship God is more than anything else. And it tells me a lot about the character of Hezekiah. That when he had other matters that he needed to address, the most important thing in his life was the spiritual matters. And I want you to see this morning that it's important that we, we, we worry about uh, all these things that, that, that the world has in front of us. But the most important thing is that we're able to take care of our spiritual matters. Our matters. Matthew 6 and 33 said this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It's important for you and I today to realize God is the most important thing or being or person in our life. Luke, for just a minute, I want to turn back there. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. There's an account of a good Samaritan. <coughs> what about people? What does it tell you about their character? Let's back this up a little bit. Word a little different. Can you tell the character of a person by their actions? I agree with that. Let's read this account. Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he says, that Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Remember what I said in the very beginning about the sweet sound of worship means your heart is overflowing with the goodness of God. Here we're told, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Those first few things are easy. What about loving your neighbor as yourself? First things are easy. I love the Lord with all my mind, all my heart, all my soul, but love your neighbor. I don't know about that. I'll tell you this. You've got to have the first ones to do the last one. But you know what? It's called a complete love for a reason. 
A complete love not only for God, but for the people that are around you that they, and that they might be able to come to know that love. Folks, if you love the person sitting beside you, you'll tell them about Jesus. If you love the person that you're going to see in the morning, you'll let them know that you're going to worship and tell them what God has done for you. If you love Him, you can do these things. So he told him, he said, you can love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy, thy neighbor as thyself. And he said to him, thou hast answered right. He said, now do it. This do and thou shalt live. But he willingly, to justify himself, said unto Jesus. I love, I shouldn't say I love. I find it interesting that we should all understand the word Justify, willing to justify himself. That just means he wanted to give an excuse. And you know, okay, well, I'll do this, 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 and this. Folks, really, it comes down to your heart. And Jesus answered and said unto him, he said, look at the character of a person. This is where this comes in. He said, a man went down from Jericho and uh, Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. What did the thieves do to him? Stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed leaving him half dead. Do you know what? There are people today that struggle. You've got that, 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 that man that's half dead. The soul is dead. Half dead. Said left him half dead. He wasn't completely dead. Still had life in him. There are people that are roaming this earth that have a pulse but their soul is dead. You know what they're dead in? Sins and in trespasses. So do our actions reflect our concern? What happened to this person that was half dead? By chance, there came, by the way, and I don't say it's not chance by what we would say, but by providence or by design of God, there came down a certain priest that way. Good. Somebody's in need. The religious leaders are going to come by. Surely the religious leaders are going to take care of them. Remember that the precept to all of this is, do our actions reflect Hezekiah's actions reflected his priorities. Do our actions reflect our priorities? Certain priests saw him that way. When he saw him, sadly enough, he said, he passed by on the other side. I don't get this image that he walked right by him. I could see him kind of scooting on around. So it's like, ah, I've got more important things, folks. There's nothing more important than a soul that needs to be saved. There's nothing more today than a wounded person, a hurting person this morning that needs God, a spiritual restoring in their life. We're not talking about just saved, unsaved people getting saved. We're talking about saved people that need restoring. There's nothing more important than those two categories, than the, the, the spiritual life of people. <coughs> well, the, spirit, the, the priest went by, and likewise a Levite. If you was to draw a circle... And you was to look at the social structure, the most uh, respected all the way down to the least respected. We're talking some of the greatest, most respected people. So a Levite came by. And when he was in that place, he came by and looked on him and he passed by. Also called the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Do actions Give us a reflection of our true priorities in life. Hezekiah said, open the doors. 
He said, open the doors. That's where you need to be. That's what's important, that your worship, which means you're, you're letting it out or that, that you're declaring the greatness and the goodness of God and the, and the things that he's done. He said, let these things out. So what happened when the, the, the Samaritan came by and when he saw him, he had compassion. I think sometimes there's certain circumstances in our life that kind of tug at your heart, don't they? There's some things, they just they, they tug at your heart. They just really tug at you thinking, Lord, this situation just really is sad or this situation really hurts or this circumstance is, is really a tough one to swallow. We, we experience those things, but notice what he did. He said, you're going through a hurtful time. I want to help. So he went to him. He bound up his wounds. So what did he do? He says, I've got something that's going to help you. Do you know what we have today that can help people that are unsaved? The love of Christ. That's what we have. We have something that is good. For, let's keep reading here. For he says, And he bound up the wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set on his own beast. And he brought to him to an end, and he took care of him. This morning, I want you to see that, that our life or our actions or the things that we do, that those by all means carry some ramifications to what it is that's important to us. Let's go back to Second Chronicles for just a minute. For it said, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Could you imagine Hezekiah in the very first month, very first year, the very first month of his reign, knowingly goes to the temple and how sad it was to find out that there was no sound of worship going on. Could you imagine what it's like to finally say, I want these doors to be unhinged so that they could be opened up? He said, this place is not a place to be silent. This is not a place that we need to be quiet or darkened. It needs the light and the love of Christ. It's not a coincidence that Jesus said, put your light on a candlestick. Why? That it may give light to all that are in the house. Folks, we should be an example of Christ's love. Can people see Jesus in you and me? That's a pretty harsh question, but it's a true question. Do we light up the love of God to those that we're around? For he said, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, which is the temple. I don't know how many of us probably would have come up to the doors and the doors were shut and we didn't, it wasn't access. I, I don't think it was just locked by a key. They were shut. They were like boarded up. They were nailed up. Could you imagine how many of us would just said, well, this is beyond repair. We cannot get in. But Hezekiah said, I don't care what it takes. Let's get the place open and let's get God's people in there so that they can worship him. That temple was not meant to be dark. That temple was not meant to be quiet. Folks, the church of the living God is not meant to be dark. It's not meant to be quiet. It's meant to show and reflect his love. And notice what happened is that, that, that he went in and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. It's not like attendance had dropped. Attendance had stopped. You see the difference in that? There's a difference in a decline versus a stopping. Folks, there, there, there's a warning that's in this for you and for me. May we be careful that our worship to God, not only does it not need to decline, it don't need to stop. What does it mean to stop? It means you don't hear any. I ask you to open your ears and listen. How much worship, again, this is not a judgment, this is just a question. How much worship do we hear? Is our hearts truly overflowing with the things of God that, that, that we might be able to enjoy the things that He has given us? 
First Chronicles chapter 26. First Chronicles 26, and I want to read you a verse if I can. It's in the uh, 12th verse. So back up a book to the First Chronicles. First Chronicles 26, and listen to what he said in the verse 12. We're talking about the porters or the, those of the door. Among those were divisions of the porters. In other words, there were people in charge of the doors. Now, again, these porters that were going on, gatekeepers, even among the chief men having wards one against another to minister in the house of the Lord. So again, according to what we read in 1 Chronicles, there were people that were stationed at the doors. So not only were the doors closed, the people were gone. There, there was not even a remnant of anything that was going on. So let's go back to what we're reading about here. It says, he opened the doors of the house of the temple. And those people that were standing at the gates or the door, they were there to minister to the people. What does it mean to minister? It means the people that were coming had needs in their life. Let me ask you this. How many of us this morning have needs in our life? If I was to tell you to raise your hand, every one of you should raise your hand. But here's the difference. Are all of our needs the same? They're not. But is God a specialist? That he can only work in this area or this area or this area? Or do we serve an all-encompassing God that can take care of everything? Folks, you want to talk about one that is worthy of our worship and adoration? One that can take care of everything and he takes care of it perfectly. We can put band-aids on things, we can fix things, but we cannot change things. There's a difference. We can fit. We can kind of. Uh, we we can kind of patch it up, and we can make things work, or we can kind of get by. But God is the one that makes that change. And listen to what Hezekiah did. He went in, and the very first thing he did was he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and repaired them. You know, Hezekiah probably could have brought his men. He could have walked into those doors. He could have said, "Open these doors up, and I'm going to go in." But you know what Hezekiah did? Hezekiah did not say that I want to go in. He said, I want us to go in. Do you ever want people to go to church with you? Why? Why would you want people to go to, to church with you? Psalm 122 and verse 1 said this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Does it make you happy to go to church? Does it make you happy to go to church and worship the Lord? Yes. What do you think it's going to do for your neighbor, your children, your parents, the, the, the people too? What do you think it would be like for them if they too could get connected with God and they could worship Him? What if all of a sudden they were not just listening to the worship that was going on, but they themselves started giving it? Oh, how long today, folks, not just to hear the people of God worshiping His name, but that God would even let us be the ones that worship Him. Not just the preachers to preach, but the saints to testify of the goodness of God. So I ask the question again, do you have anything that you can be thankful for? Do you have any gratitude in your heart of what God has done for you? They opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Why would we repair the house of the Lord? Well, if you tear it up one time, then you don't have to worry about, uh, worry about it anymore. You just want to get in one time, folks. It was meant to go into this place over and over and over again, folks. 
Going to God and going to church and, and, and our relationship, it's not a one-trip thing, folks. We keep going back over and over and over and over and over again, not to get saved again, but to keep renewing our relationship with Him. That's why we do these things. And Hezekiah said, through all the prosperity that you may find in your communities, he said, you need the doors to be opened. The temple needs to be restored, and we need to have a, a true sense of worship that is in our life. So I said, they opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and they begin to worship Him. I want to read you a few verses, if I can, in the book of Jeremiah. I didn't tell you to mark this. Jeremiah chapter 9. <coughs> and I want to skip down to the 23rd verse. Thus saith the Lord, this is again Jeremiah 9 and 23. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let neither the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this. He's going to fill in the blank of what you're supposed to glory in. That he understandeth and knoweth me. Did you hear that? That our glory is not in our riches. He said the glory is not in our strength and our might. He said it's not in our wisdom and what we know. He said but we glory in knowing God. He says that he might understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. I want you to see this morning that Jeremiah talks about that if we're going to glory in God, we've got to know God. Folks, if you love somebody, you've got to know them. A lot of people want to know God historically speaking. And what that means is, I call it the Sunday school class. They, they want to be able to answer the questions in Sunday school. Well, God is this or this. Do you know God academically speaking? Do you know about God in a carnal sense or the Sunday school sense that you know Him and you can answer the questions or do you know Him in your heart? Today, it's, it's one thing to be able to answer the right questions. That, that How many days did it take to create the heavens and the earth? Or who was the person that went through the flood? And who did, who did God use to lead the people of Israel out and speak to it the burning bush? You know, We can answer those questions, but I'm not saying can you answer the questions academically. I'm saying do you know him personally in your heart? So many people today have religion, but they don't have relationships. I'm going to say that one more time. There is a difference between religion and relationships. Folks, I thank God that relationships lead to religion. But I pray today that you have a relationship with Jesus. Do you have that? Do you have the sweet sound of worship in your life? Or have you reached that point where you're, you're more worried about the, 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 just the religious accolades that you can do in life? But, but here Jeremiah is saying that if you're going to glory... Let him glorieth, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Folks, the only true heart that's going to worship God is a heart that has been touched by God. Did you hear that and comprehend what I just said? A heart that can only worship him that's been touched by God. If you have not been touched by God, you cannot worship him. For you do not understand the goodness and the greatness of God. Of God. 
But if you've been touched by God, you know God's greatness and you glory in that and you share that. And I, I pray that God keeps us here a long time. Why? Because people are sharing about how great God is and what He's done for them in their lives. And people do that. They share that. But if we are today going to see that, 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 that if we're going to share the goodness of God, it's important for us to read, realize and understand that God today desires that our lives might be filled with this goodness. I want to read Psalm 111. I'm going to close in just a minute. Psalm 111. You can't fake worship. People try to imitate it. They want to try to duplicate it, but it's just pure religion that's undefiled. But look what he says in Psalm 111. Praise, by the way, which means hallelujah. Remember hallelujah is the one, one of two words that no matter what language you speak, it's always the same. You say hallelujah in German, hallelujah. You say hallelujah in Japanese, hallelujah. It's the same word. You and I today, it's, it's, it's universal language that we understand. Hallelujah. Praise unto Him. Praise ye the Lord. It's all the same. You can gather every language together and tell everybody on the count of three to say hallelujah. You can do your fingers one, two, three, and they would all say with different accents, hallelujah. Isn't it amazing today that all of God's people, regardless of our nationality or our background, we all understand about the praise of God that He is worthy? And that's what Hezekiah was saying needed to be restored. Praise ye the Lord. Excuse me. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. But where is this going to happen at? In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great. Anybody want to amen that? Amen. The works of the Lord are great. They are sought out of all of them that have pleasure therein. His works are honorable. Would you agree to that? They're glorious. But of all these things, how long do they last? His righteousness endureth forever. He hath made... His wonderful remarks to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. He has showed His people the power of His works that He may give to them the heritage of the heathen. The works of His hands are verity and judgment. And all His commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprighteous. He sent redemption to His people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Amen. Folks, today we talked about this a little bit in Sunday school. Praise and worship is not just the days of our life. Let's skip over to the grave, folks. Praise and worship is still happening today. It's in a different place. I hope today that we praise and we worship Him, that, that we declare His greatness and His goodness to those that we are around. For God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. This morning, His praise is going to endure forever. 
But has your heart been filled with the goodness of God? You say, preacher, I just don't feel what I should feel. You need to empty the world out just a little bit. Let go of the things of the world that are important and let God fill you up. And I'll tell you this, when God fills you up, he'll let it overflow. And all of a sudden that praise, you, it's not something you can imagine. It's not something that you can create. It's something that God just gives you. And I pray today that God would just let your hearts be filled up, that the goodness of God might overflow, that we might be able to experience the sweet sound of worship. How blessed we are that we can hear the saints and the children of God talk about how good God is. God bless you this morning. Those are the words I had on my heart.